This episode is sponsored by Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. For the month of June, Aspire is offering our listeners a discounted rate on their culture sustainability assessment. Visit patriciaasp.com slash contact dash us and type forward in your message to qualify for the discount. Make 2021 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. For Christian women in the workplace, it can sometimes be tricky to navigate how much of your faith is welcome among your colleagues. You would think that as the world has its eyes and ears open to the injustices attacking many in our communities, that it would also be willing to accept your faith with open arms when you're at work. But sadly, that's not always true. As a Christian, you've heard of the Great Commission. You know you're supposed to be making disciples. But what does that mean? How can you do that if you're seemingly expected to just hang up your faith like a coat at the front door of your workplace? Joining me today to talk through this is Alva Adams-Mason. Alva is Group Manager of Multicultural Business Alliance and Strategy and Multicultural Dealer Relations for Toyota Motor North America. She has built an incredible career for herself and is part of Forward's Advisory Board to help support our impact on women in the workplace just like her. Alva, while advancing in her career, has also found ways to advance her faith and has found ways to be a light to those around her. So I am looking forward to talking with her and having her share with all of us her experiences and what we can do in our workplaces. Alva, thank you so much for being here with me today. You're very welcome, Jordan. It's my pleasure. Oh, mine too. (laughs) I'm excited (laughs) to talk. So to start us off, I would love to hear about your journey to how you got to where you are at Toyota. And I just, I I feel like there's going to be a lot of God moments when you talk about that. (laughs) You know, it's, when I think about it, I was like, wow, how did the time, you know, the time has just flown by uh, so fast. And years ago, as a young person, I, I really couldn't see, you know, that the time would go by so, so fast, Mm. you know. And I'm truly in a place at a destination now here for work that I enjoy. It's a passion of mine. It's always been a passion of mine, uh, even as a child. Mm. And that is having the opportunity to help others. Mm. However, it was a long journey to get here because, you know, I graduated from college. I was an accounting major and um, I became a um, I worked um for CBS um, Studios for a while in New York, in the movie industry, I went uh, moved to Los Angeles and worked um, a little bit in the movie industry. Then in accounting, but in the movie industry, um, with the, it's exciting. Yes, yeah, so it was exciting, uh, and then I um, ended up uh, working retail as well as a business manager. So it was always accounting, accounting uh, in the, in the background, uh, working retail in a dealership, in a dealership. However, um, 
one day I got the opportunity uh, through a friend. Toyota had an opening 22 years ago, and I had the opportunity to come and work for Toyota. However, it was still sort of in accounting. Okay. When I got to know uh, all the things and really learn about what was going on in corporate Toyota Motor sales at the time Mm -hmm. uh, in California, I found out about the community piece, the community relations. And, oh, my gosh, I wanted to be a part of that so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) However, no one was ever leaving those jobs. Mm -hmm. They were always full. Mm -hmm. And you know what I decided to do, Jordan? I decided, you know, can I volunteer? Yeah. You know, and so I started to volunteer because there were a lot of times people didn't want to go to these dinners, you know, mm-hmm. at night and on the weekends. And so I started volunteering to learn the job and to mm-hmm. learn what the responsibilities were like for community relations and mm-hmm. the philanthropic side. And obviously one day, you know, I had the opportunity um, to become a part. They started um, a, a division called African American Business Strategy and Hispanic Business Strategy. Hmm. And that was my step into doing what I'm doing now. Hmm. Um, it's huge. It's a big part of Toyota. It's a d- department now. Uh, it's multicultural. Uh, we have a team of eight people. Um, so it's it's beautiful. It's, it's patience. It's um, humility. And um, I feel that got me here. Oh, yeah. uh, and being able, you know, um, because it was a lot of passion, mm. helping others and being able to help others through the lens of your job, through Toyota, uh, is a great opportunity. And I'm really grateful to Toyota for all the opportunities. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Is it hard, though, to be a Christian at a large organization like Toyota? I don't think so, Jordan. I think it's the approach. It may be hard. I would say it would be hard if you wanted to impose your Mm -hmm. beliefs on others. Okay. But it's not hard if you are a disciple. Mm. Right? So you're not imposing, you're not talking about it, but you're setting the example. Mm -hmm. And you're walking in God's footsteps, in the light, in the path that he wants you to walk in. And so you're going to be that example for others and you're doing right by others and you're helping others Mm. without imposing your beliefs. Right. Right. Well, and you said disciples, but when you and I talked prior to recording, you had mentioned how you had to connect with mentors regarding balancing your life inside the walls of corporate America, as well as outside those walls as a parent. And so I feel like mentors or mentorship, that's another way, you know, that you can be a disciple. So I'm, I would love to have you kind of talk with that. Was it, was it easy to connect with mentors, you know, to help you find that balance and how did their partnership benefit you and your professional development and also your parenting journey? Right. So mentors are really, really, um, you know, they're essential. You really, really need to have, you really need to have mentors, but you have to be really careful in the mentors you choose, right? Because you want to make sure that they sort of have some of the same ideologies and, and, you know, uh, beliefs that you do. Mm -hmm. And, but you don't know that because you can't always just come out and ask, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> you you have to take your time and sort of, uh, you know, 
um, kind of uh, observe and, and, and get to know those people and kind of get to know a little bit about their background and say, well, you know, would this be the best fit for me uh, with this person? Right. And, you know, um, can they be the best person to help me too? Hmm. Can I go and talk to this person? Can I, is this a person I can feel free to talk to about anything? Because right. you have to be really careful when you have a mentor, right, in mixing business and personal mm-hmm. um, advice, right? And mm-hmm. so you need to um, make sure that when you're when you're when you choose this mentor, I mean, most of it at work is going to be work. And I think that sometimes you need a mentor in work, and you also need a mentor outside of work. Right. Okay? right. So a mentor outside of work, you can talk about how to balance personal life as well, because mm-hmm. you know, and and with your career track, you need to be able to make that balance. And so sometimes some of your personal life is going to be a part of that. Right. And, 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 and sometimes you can't just ignore the fact that you have personal things going on and that you still may be, you know, may, and you still want this big job. So, you know, for instance, you know, I had three daughters, I have three daughters and, you know, three little girls growing up and they're all in sports and all in school. And, you know, my goals were for all of them to, you know, go to college. So you're working on that. Right. Right. And, and so there were certain things that I had to choose Mm -hmm. at my career that I had to take it, I had to pace myself, you right. know, um, looking back now, I couldn't have been a top, top executive with three little girls in my particular, um, circumstances. Mm-hmm. I needed to be able to focus that attention on my daughters and making sure that they got to where they needed to be. So having, going back, you know, having a mentor, um, saying, you know, helping me to say, you know what, this is where you need to be right now. And, you know, let's plan for this. What are your short-term, long-term goals? What are you going to do in five years? And, you know, based on what you are interested in, this is the area of work or the departments I think that you would be best suited in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then having that personal mentor outside saying, you know, um, make sure that, you know, you are focused on this more so um, right now than your work. You know, it's more important for you to make your daughter's games Mm -hmm. than it is for you to be um, focused on a particular job. Right. So I made a lot of those sacrifices. I would not, um, I don't regret any of it. Um, It was great for me because my daughters, um, you know, grace be to God, um, we're all able to get through college and finish and, and get their masters. Oh, wow. So that really works. So having the best of both worlds. And I think, you know, I, it kind of goes opposite of what I would say to my, I used to say to my daughters, I used to say to them, you know, uh, pay now or pay later. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, I paid the dues up front. And in establishing all of this multicultural, um, all of the multicultural um, philanthropy and community relations in Toyota and the, and the 
dealer relations uh, as it related to our minority dealers and establishing a Toyota Lexus Minority Owners Dealers Association uh, that is 20 years old um, this year. And so I set the foundation and continued to do all of the work. I just started to reap the benefits last year, being promoted Mm. into the executive ranks. Wow. So sometimes it takes a while, but it was passion more so for me um, than favor, than being in position. Yeah. Has living through a pandemic left you feeling like you're clinging to the side of a rocking boat in the middle of a turbulent sea? Nearly everyone in the workforce has had some aspect of their life at work or at home turned on its head or taken away completely, and that has resulted in a surge in mental and emotional weight placed on the shoulders of already maxed out individuals. On Thursday, June 24th at 7 p.m. Central, licensed clinical psychologist and leadership consultant Dr. Shannon Crawford will lead our next Candid Conversations webinar, From Reeling to Growing, Navigating the Mental and Emotional Impacts of Unexpected Pivots. In partnership with Marketplace Chaplains, we hope to help unpack the mental and emotional impacts of the unexpected pivots of pandemic living. The goal of the evening is to honor you for your time on the front lines of navigating various pivots. Now is the time to invest in yourself by connecting with a community of women experiencing the same pivots. Come away from this conversation equipped with resources to help you confidently chart the path through uncertainty for yourself, your team, and your loved ones. To register for this webinar, go to forwardwomen.org slash candid conversations, or check out this episode's show notes for the link. The first 25 people to register will also have the opportunity to join a breakout room directly after the live stream with Dr. Crawford. Again, go to forwardwomen.org slash candid conversations to register. So another topic that you spoke about when we talked before was prayer. I mean, that was huge. That was a big part of what you're talking about. And you credit prayer as being fundamental in shaping not just your career, but also just in shaping your relationships at work and the interactions that you had there. When did you really first see the power of prayer in your life? And how have you empowered others maybe around you to include prayer in their lives? Power of prayer. Um, I was 15 years old. Now, my mother, grandmother and great grandmother, I had the opportunity, you know, to pr- grow up with up until mm. 15. Mm. And these women prayed. Oh, wow. They were <laughs> they were called uh, prayer warriors. Mm. And being a little girl and growing up with them and, and noticing that and part of their my grandmother and great grandmother's routine every single day was prayer. Mm. You know, they took time out like for work and they prayed. They were both domestic workers. So I was with them a lot of times when they were watching over me when my mom was working and they would pray all the Mm. time. Mm. So when I was 15, um, one day my mom was taken to the hospital. Mm. And unbeknownst to me at the time, she had had a cerebral aneurysm. Oh my goodness. And my grandmother, I called my grandmother and great grandmother and told them that she had been rushed to the hospital. And so by the time I got there, my grandmother and great grandmother was there. 
And my grandmother, while my mom was in, the nurse came out and said, we're going to be doing all the, we're going to do all that we can, but Mm -hmm. she's not in good shape. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother walked outside into the driveway of the hospital and she prayed and she asked God to save her daughter and Mm -hmm. please God, don't take my daughter. And she went into this what it seemed like a rage of praying and I've never Mm -hmm. seen anyone pray like that. And she Mm -hmm. kicked her shoes off and she threw her hands up and her, and the tears were coming down her face. And then all of a sudden this calm came over her Hmm. and she turned around and she looked at my great grandmother and she said, mama, my daughter's not going to make it. God's going to take her. Mm. And she's, he's going to take my baby. Mm. And so it was, um, but she felt like God had given her the message and she felt like she had asked. Mm. And so that's when I saw the real power of prayer. And so most people would probably say, well, he should have saved her. Right. But that was the power of God saying, no, it's my time. And yes, she's young and she's only 33 years old, but I'm going to take her with me. And it gave my grandmother this, it it brought this calm over her because she knew. Right. So the power of prayer is sometimes the message that you receive from God. Mm. Mm. And he and, and so it's not always what you might want to hear, but it's the message you receive and the calm that it brings when you believe and you believe in God. Yeah. yeah. That was the first real power of prayer that I saw. Mm. And then I move on into my life. And as a mother, having daughters and wanting the best for them and wanting them to be the wanting them to be good citizens wanted them to be god fearing yeah i saw the power of prayer when i would go to their rooms at night and i would pray over them mm-hmm. i would pray every single day and so the power of prayer that you know they are still here they're great women they're have their own families Uh, Two of them have their own families and they are, um, he did everything that I asked, you know, uh, got them through school. And then even a second, you know, a second degree, that's the power of prayer. The Mm -hmm. power of prayer is having a boss at work or colleagues that may not see eye to eye with you and may do things that you know, are unwarranted or not nice to you. But the power of prayer is being able to go and pray for them, Mm. for their salvation and pray the best for them as opposed to being negative about Mm. them. And the power of prayer, I always tell people, if you have a boss that you're not agreeing with or you feel is not treating you right or colleagues Pray for them, Mm. and I guarantee you that power of prayer will turn things around. Yeah. And so those are, you know, 
I hope I answered your question, oh, Jordan. I yes. went, <laughs> I went way out and I probably took you, but, um, to me, yeah, that's the power of prayer. Yeah. Uh, power of prayer can lift you out of dark moments. Power of prayer gives you hope. Uh, it gives you that energy that you need, you know, to, to keep going until you can get to the finish line. Yeah. Well, and that's a great lead in then to my next question for you. So we're post 2020, thankfully, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, workplace relationships, they have definitely needed to be redefined. And, you know, that's, that's a big reason why we're focusing on that shift this month, Mm -hmm. you know, on the blogs and on podcast episodes. And so I would love to hear from you. What has been the biggest challenge that you faced in the past 12 months in terms of your relationship with your colleagues? You know, I, what I would like to say is it's, it hasn't really been a challenge in it. Okay. I, I, I see, you know, uh, and I think this is also the power of God, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. bringing people together in mm-hmm. a situation, you know, in a pandemic. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wonder if this was his way of bringing people together mm-hmm. because it helps everyone is in the same situation. True. Yeah. So we're all at home. We're all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. We all we all have friends and family, you know, unfortunately, that ended up with COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all lost loved ones, whether it was to COVID or anything else that we couldn't go and see. Yeah. Uh, that we couldn't have the appropriate or the traditional way of burial. Right. Right. So God put us all in the same boat. Yeah. Which helped us to all have more compassion Mm. Mm -hmm. for each other and understanding. Yeah. So I think, um, Jordan, that it helped to bring for me and my colleagues, it helped to bring us a lot closer Hmm. and to uh, it brought a lot more compassion amongst us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) You can't ask for more than that. So for anyone who is listening mm-hmm. um, and they are a Christian who's working in a secular organization, what are, let's say, three things that you would encourage them to do to grow as a professional, and but then also as a Christian? So as a professional, you know, think about what it is you want. Right. You know, it's great if you have a passion mm. and that passion and you can have that passion as your profession. Because that means you put just so much love into it. Yeah. Everything is a lot of work and a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think people look at um, what I do as easy and, you know, it's taking phone calls all the time. It's oh, working yeah. a lot of times seven days a week. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, making sure you're giving great customer service um, because we're always, you're, you're out there and, you know, I'm representing and my team is representing Toyota. So mm-hmm. we always are being aware of our brand and wanting to create more brand awareness and, you know, individuals thinking highly of Toyota. So it's not, but we, if you have the passion, it's really easy uh, for your career, because you'll have the endurance. It helps you to have the endurance to get that job done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just say, if you could find um, a career that's part of your passion, mm. 
then go for it. It's really important for as a Christian in the workplace to have joy. And mm-hmm. someone said this to me, and I'm going to take their word, and they, to have joy. To have Jesus in your life, to help others, and then yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to end our conversation by revisiting that very powerful saying that you live by that you mentioned earlier. You either pay now or you pay later. How could a Christian woman in the workforce apply that saying to her professional journey, her spiritual journey, and help apply it in a way that it helps her advance mm-hmm. and follow the path that God has in store for her? So really be willing. So pay now or pay later. You've got to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. you got to be willing to do the research. The research. Yeah. And once you do that, it helps you to have the resources at hand. Yeah. Right. And the more resources you have at hand, the easier it is to get your work done. Mm. But you must remain spiritual at all times because there are going to be bumps in the road. Yeah. And you've got to remain spiritual um, and hopeful at all times as you go through, you know, as you travel through all of these things, as you work hard and get the, you know, and get more resources. Um, And you've got to have having all the patience. Right. Right. To get there. So, you know, um, staying spiritual and, 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 and acquiring all the resources that you need. You know, you will get there and you've got to remember to not be selfish at any time. Mm -hmm. So that means while you're helping others, um, helping others to learn the job as well. You know, you can't have that insecurity because you've got to have the faith that God has always got you. Yeah. Well, is there any last thing you want to share before we wrap up? You know, it's. For women out there, you know, when you're working mm-hmm. and, and and especially when you have a family, you know, you know, I love the book um, by Diane Patterson mm-hmm. uh, called Work, Love and Pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a sermon just with all of that. That's a sermon within itself. Yeah. And so just remember. Basically, just simply, you know, continue to work, love the work, have passion uh, for the work that you're doing, you know, get the resources that you need so that you can continue to grow and to grow others. And at the same time, love what you're doing and don't forget to lean on God and pray. Thanks so much for joining me for this conversation with Alva. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org Alva. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash A-L-V-A. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.